Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology. I'm pro bird rights on Twitter, and my pet dog is very disappointed in me today because today's episode is all about cats. Cats the Confusical. That's right, I sat down and watched one hour and 49 minutes of CGI human-cat hybrids wiggle around on screen. And I get the impression that if this movie is the best Hollywood can do, that people may be misinformed about what cats are and what they look like. So today I'll be talking cat facts. What are domesticated cats? Where do they come from? And what are the answers to some of the most common questions about cats? Then we'll discuss wild cats and hand out awards to cats who are the top of their categories. Finally, we will discuss the movie and offer some sensible, calm, rational critique. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, what's it like getting high off catnip and is the experience similar to watching the cats movie so are domesticated cats actually domesticated did we capture cats from the wild and breed them to be our pets well no as with most things it seems that cats had to have things their way when it comes to domestication our relationship with cats as we know it today started around 8,000 years ago as humans lived in agrarian societies in the fertile crescent the cats were after the rodents that plagued our farms and humans were likely happy enough to have these furry exterminators help out with their crops. The Near Eastern and Egyptian wildcats were the two ancestral lineages of the domesticated cat, the Felis catus. And these cats decided they didn't really need to bother changing much for us, at least on the DNA level. Domesticated cats are remarkably similar to their wild counterparts. Unlike dogs, cats didn't really need to change much. They already killed pests for us at no extra charge. They were playful and relatively non-aggressive towards humans. As Evolutionary geneticist Eva Maria Geigel says, quote, I think there was no need to subject cats to such a selection process since it was not necessary to change them. They were perfect as they were. 
Joining me to talk about the world's most perfect animal is comedian, cat fancier, and Garfield impersonator, Joey Cliff. Hey, everybody, and all the cats in the audience. Meow. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. Now, you might notice my voice is a little different this episode. It's got a nice sort of raspy, lioness-like quality. Right. That's because I am sick as a dog. Um, how dare you use that pun on this know, episode right? of the I know, show. <laughs> Well, yeah, I actually, a cat, cat did got my tongue uh, for the <laughs> as past well as week. throat area, and throat, sinuses. Ears, eyes, nose, everything. Yeah, yeah. It's all full of phlegm. It's all full of cats. All full of cats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a cat in my throat. Um, fortunately, my voice did just come back in the nick of time for this very important episode about uh, cats in general. We will talk about Cats the movie, but I, I do want to load this episode with information about cats to kind of fight probably the disinformation that people are getting from this movie, namely that cats don't have buttholes, which is not true. Yeah, uh, cats don't have buttholes. Is a, that's a major plot point of the Cats movie. Yeah, it's it's sort of... Um, now, I don't understand why they didn't just give them all suspenders. Like, they gave one of the cats suspenders. Yeah, uh, Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks got these really tight, form-fitting suspenders, and I don't... God, it would have been better if they all got those. I feel like all the other cats, I mean, like, usually if you put clothes on a cat, it's, like, not a fan of it. I feel like Skimbleshanks was the one that, like, was okay with it. When I owned cats as a kid, I did try to put one of my cats in one of my shirts. And it was interesting in that the cat was not a fan of it. But <laughs> I never I never tried to do um, tight-fitting uh, overalls. So I feel like that might have been better apparently according to the movie i think that the difference is if you put a cat in like something that's baggy it thinks that it's being eaten by that thing right whereas if it's form-fitting it's like oh this is fashion i got it right right so so what... cats just they, they, they like stuff that's form-fitting <laughs> i they guess don't like what stuff we're saying baggy. is put your cat in in really tight form-fitting jeans i'm gonna get like 500 tweets about like i tried this on my cat and now i don't have eyeballs <laughs> Yeah, uh, if you did try to if you tried to put form-fitting tailored clothes under your cat and it did not go well, please tweet at us. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about. I kind of did the um, Google auto autofill thing where I was like, "Why do cats?" and then saw what autofill did, or why are cats blank? And I got a lot of uh, the most frequently googled things, and I would like to answer them. And I think. Some of these answers are not as intuitive as you might think. Yeah, I, I would like to know the what what are the top what are the weirdest how to cats autofills that you saw? Oh, that's a good question. I did see I did see one which was do cats have a penis? Which I thought was kind of interesting. Which the because cats movie has proven no, no, they do no, not. No, they don't. They just they are no, kin doll situation they have no down sexual there. Sexual reproductive <laughs> organs or butts. Um, no, they they do, they do. It's just you can't. They are sheathed, um, and so that I think that was the funniest one I saw. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, it makes sense because you can't really see it on a yeah. cat, so you'd be like, well, where 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 does it go? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess that that's a question that I had up until now. <laughs> <laughs> so first question I want to answer is, why do cats purr? And I think sort of the intuitive answer is because they're happy, they're right. content. And that's, it's it's not that that answer is wrong. It's just a lot more complicated than that. The real answer is they're filled with bumblebees. <laughs> <laughs> they are filled to the brim with bees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so both domesticated cats and wild cats purr, although lions, tigers, jaguars, and leopards can't purr. They can roar, 
Right. They can't purr. They're apparently the um, structure of their larynx to allow them to roar is mutually exclusive with their ability to purr. So it's a trade-off. Oh, got it, got it. Cougars are the largest wild cats that can purr, and I've got a got a short audio clip of a cougar purring, which is this is going to be very relaxing. Very excited to hear this. Aww. Isn't that nice? That is really relaxing. That was kind of like how I sounded um, when I was trying to sleep the past couple weeks with my cold. Just like. <sighs> <laughs> so does that mean you were? Does that mean you were happy? Yeah, <clears throat> real happy. So. <laughs> there, there's a there's a podcast called. Just speaking of uh, the relaxation of cats, there's a podcast I believe called the Purrcast, which is literally just six minutes of a cat purring. That's by the editor of My Favorite Murder, right? Oh no, that's a there's there's two different purrcasts. There's casts. two purrcasts. There's the purrcast with Stephen Ray Morris, super okay. nice guy. That's where they talk about cats. Okay. Then there's the purrcast. How many? It's just, so it's a different number of R's. I mean, I. I don't. I think that they might just be named the same thing. I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a good. It's a solid pun, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. So I don't blame them. Yeah. Uh, you should change the name of this to the Percast. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. That's... <laughs> just like let's get as much use out of the Percast as we let's can. Let's drive this into the ground. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I would definitely. I, I do sometimes listen to like cat purring just like to help me sleep. It's very soothing, uh, and, which is interesting. And we'll talk a little bit about why that might be so soothing. So. Uh, typically, our cats will purr when they're being petted. They, but they can also purr when they're stressed, scared, or in pain. Right. So, what's going on? It's kind of confusing. We know that kittens purr to help their mothers locate them for nursing, and they purr during nursing, and that I think is kind of probably one of the major reasons for purring is like that that interaction between the kittens and the mothers, right. and. Cats will also purr when they're grooming each other, including big cats in the wild. The ones that can purr will purr when they're grooming each other. So it's a social interaction as well. And as uh, researchers sort of delve into all the various possibilities for why they purr, it becomes even more mysterious because purring could be a multifunctional communication and self-soothing, self-healing uh, process. So this is really surprising to me, actually. It may help promote bone and muscle tissue healing. I've heard this. Yes. Yeah. So the frequency of purring is between 25 and 150 hertz. And it sounds that this frequency is thought to trigger bone and tissue repair and increase bone density. And that it's it's Basically, it's vibrating at a way that's like stimulating the the cells and the bones and the tissues to uh, engage in repair. And it's a pro like our tissues will regrow and repair. And the same thing with bones. It goes through these regrowing and repairing things and that helps increase your bone right. density. Another way to do that is exercise. If you do impact exercise or you, you lift small weights or big weights, I suppose, too. For only, me, it's small weights. Only the because teeniest the weights. Tiny, tiny, the, yes, the weight. The like two, the two Cheerios <laughs> on a toothpick. That's, yeah, that's like, the weight for me. Like, oh. <laughs> really, you've uh, you've gone up. Uh, I've been doing fruit loops. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it, so that that may help stimulate uh, repair, which is great for cats because they're very sedentary, and and that could also explain why they purr when they're distressed or anxious, because it could be a healing thing where they're sort of like healing their bodies, maybe soothing themselves as well, because it it may have a soothing kind of reminds them of when they were kittens as well. We know it's a social contact, sort of a you know when you pet the cat, they purr when they nuzzle each other and groom each other, they purr. So it's sort of a you know it's like a it's like a soothing mantra for the cat. I, I wonder how much of that is. I mean. 
I, I forget the exact percentage of it, but it's like cats don't really meow to each other. They only meow really to humans because they kind of view us as their mommies and daddies. Yeah, and they stuff. do meow to their their mother when they're yeah, kittens. Yeah, 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 yeah. They meow. To... But adult cats don't meow. They aren't as vocal to each other. Right, right, right. In and terms I, of meowing, like I wonder if it is one of those things, like you said, of like it just kind of takes them back to being a kitten. Of yeah. like you know that's something that they do being taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they do the cats. Cats in the wild do purr to each other when they're grooming each other, which is really right. cute. That is adorable. Is um, that what's happening with the cougar? Uh, well, it was actually purring in response to its caretaker. This is a cougar in uh, a wild cat rescue, so he he was a uh, he or she actually I don't know was responding to the caretaker coming up to it. Oh, that's very cute, delightful. Um, so even though we don't have like a solid answer to why cats purr and there may not be a solid answer it may be sort of a multifaceted thing like we've yeah. discussed we do know how they do it so inside the cat's larynx muscles expand and contract the glottis which is that sort of like yeah, tuber like in epiglottis, your glottis exactly yeah. uh, that thing yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the thing that in cartoons like they jiggle and it makes their voice weird right and that causes air to vibrate as it's pushed out or breathed in so like when cats are purring they can purr as they breathe out and breathe in so it's that's why it's that constant like little like humming drum roll it's this uh you know that makes sense yeah yeah so the next question is why do cats lick themselves and again it seems like it has an obvious answer and the yeah, magic <laughs> <laughs> because it turns them on um so hey, really <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> um so answer number one is that it cleans themselves and it's um and that is true but it, I do want to talk about the complexity of why they do that right. and the, the tongues themselves. So their tongues, as you probably know, have that like sandpaper texture. And that's due to the little papillae, the little bumps on their tongues. And each of those little bumps are shaped like tiny rasping hooks. Yeah. And they're made up of keratin, like what's found in your fingernails. And they're shaped like tiny hollow claws, which allows them to brush through fur and that's why they also get like stuck on blankets. Like, have you ever seen a cat and it's licking itself and then its tongue accidentally gets on a blanket and then it's just like stuck on its oh, tongue? Oh, yes, it's very cute. <laughs> yeah, because all those little, it's like Velcro. All those little hooks have yeah. gotten stuck on the tiny fibers on the blanket. But these scratchy tongues are great for combing through their fur. It detangles their fur. It acts as flea combs to brush out parasites. And it also combs out their protective oils that uh, happen at the base of the hair at, from the follicle and then brushes that through their coat, which helps waterproof them. And it can also keep them cool in hot weather. So it's right. a, sort of a multi, multi-tool, multi an omni-tongue. <laughs> it's also like the hooks on their tongue. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's with house cats, but some, some species of cat. Um, their tongue also allows them to like remove meat from bones. It, they do use it for that too. Yeah, where where it's like they they'll lick bones and they'll get some of that meat off of the bone. Right. Um, and it also, I think its main purpose is for grooming, but it, they'll use it for right for everything else. So th- right. yeah, they do lick bones and that helps them rasp off that that meat at yeah. the end of the bone, and that's yummy. Yeah. Love love I I, I love chewing on bones personally. I love <laughs> really. Bo- no, I do. I love bone marrow, so I'll crunch those things open so i could use like a real sticky tongue to get get all the extra meat off what what is the okay so do you do it with like chicken bones chicken do you bones. do it with like do you do it with like a cow bone I, well cow... i can't chew a cow bone open without breaking all my teeth <laughs> right, but right. i have had but you cow do bone. like bone i do like i i have had cow bone marrow and it's very good yeah like the bone marrow is very good it's it's good on toast what was the wait really yeah what what was the this is probably very off topic 
What was the point in life where you realized that bone marrow was a thing you liked? Was it a recent thing? Was no, it a kid I've done thing? it since I was a kid. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah. I just like, I guess I just love, love chewing on bones. That's Katie guarantee. Love chewing on them bones. Um, I guess that it's the similar thing for me would be, I just, I developed a taste for just like tuna fish out of a can Ugh. when I was really young. I can't, that uh, tuna fish is, smells really strong to me, right. the odor. And I, I can't deal with the smell. I like freshly cooked tuna, but canned tuna fish, that smell just knocks me, knocks me out of my socks. I think it's just, uh, were you a picky eater growing up? I was very much, except for oh, bones, loved bones, I think loved chewing up bones. I think this might've been, I think, that we, I think that we were similar. I was also a really picky eater. And right. it's like, when you're a picky eater, you pick like two things that you like. Right. And for you, it was just bones. Bones and Cheerios. <laughs> and for me, bones and Cheerios. And for me, it was like, <laughs> it was tuna fish heated up in a microwave, which oh, I do okay. not do anymore. Good. Uh, You'll get kicked out of the office. Yeah, if you yeah, yeah. I got kicked out of too many offices as a 10 year old. Um, yeah, it was that and then like cinnamon toast crunch or something. Yes, yeah, so makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So now moving on to how do cats drink water? And speaking of which, I'm going to drink some water right now. So the way I drink water is basically throw it towards my mouth and hope I catch it. No. So I, I, humans drink with some suction. You, you purse your lips, you, yeah. you know, slurp up that water. Sometimes you use a bit of gravity to help. Cats don't drink that way, as you know. Cats lap. And it's actually a really interesting bit of fi physics. They don't, the, I think the popular conception is that they curl their tongue backwards and form like a little scoop, like a little ladle with their tongue and then like scoop it into their mouth, right. um, which is not true. So they can't suck water in through suction because if they tried, they just it just all come out of the sides of their mouth. Yeah, because they got they've got like a Joker mouth. Yeah, because they have that really long mouth, which is great for chewing off an antelope's head, but it's not so great for sucking water. And so instead, they actually bite water right out of the air. So they dip the tip of their tongue, which is slightly curled, to actually increase the surface area of the tongue, just touching the surface of the water. They barely even break the surface tension of the water. And then they rapidly pull it back up and then they the water will cling to the tongue uh, as uh, through liquid adhesion. And liquid adhesion is the property of water that it clings to surfaces it moves across, like raindrops down a window right. pane. And so it'll cling to the tongue and they pull it up, create this column of water, and then they just bite down on the column of water, sealing their mouths shut so they can get a nice bite of water without it leaking all over out the sides of their mouth. Um, there's actually some uh, really nice slow motion footage, uh, you know, taken with a high speed camera of, I'm not sure if it exists for cats, but of dogs drinking water. It does like exist for cats. I'll, I'll post a link to yeah. it in the show notes. Like it does look really cool. It's essentially like they create a missile of water that yeah. they then intercept out of the air with their mouths. It's a really badass way to drink water because you're yeah. biting the water. Yeah, I, I've got, uh, I would try it right now. I've got a, a cup of water that's not super full, but if it was full, I would I would see if that would work for me. It's going to get would, messy. And then I would get water all over this microphone. It would work for humans if we could do it as quickly as cats do. I don't think our tongue muscles are quite good enough to lap that quickly. Yeah, I think you're right. The next question is, why do cats rub their heads against things? So uh, this is called bunting, and they're doing a form of of scent marking. They have scent glands in their cheeks that can mark their territory. It's also a social gesture. Lions 
and other cats will greet each other and express affection through bunting. You've seen cats do it. You've seen lions do it. All sorts of cats will. That's when they just like kind of smash their faces into each other. Like rams, but the adorable version of that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, pet cats will also rub their faces against owners, uh, other cats, or, you know, other pets. Like uh, sometimes it's really cute to see a cat just like headbutting a dog and the dog is like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just for the record, bunting, I've never heard that term, but that is the cutest possible word for that. <laughs> it's like, ah, you're bunting. <laughs> so uh, another question is, why do cats need? And that's where they d- put their little paws. Yeah, like, it's when they like make biscuits. Make- making biscuits, yeah. yeah, with their little paws. So there's a couple of theories for this. It could be a carryover from their wild ancestors who had to do bed making, like tamping down grass and foliage to make a comfortable bed. It could also just be similar to the purring where it's a carryover from their kittenhood where they that kneading motion that they make on their mothers to stimulate lactation. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, thank you. To stimulate the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> to um, And it helps the mother produce milk for the kittens. And so mimicking that motion might be comforting. And some cats, to kind of lend itself to that particular thing, theory is that some cats will like need a blanket and then suckle on the blanket as right. they're sleeping. It's really cute. It's like, it's kind of like sucking a thumb, like right. a sort of form of comfort, but we never like tell cats like, hey, stop sucking your thumb. It's weird. Oh, if a cat stopped doing that, I would be sad. I know. You should encourage, if your cat, if your cat needs and then drools. Uh, That's adorable. Just like, yeah, don't tell it no, tell it more. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think that like I'm not necessarily sure what the research is behind it, but I think that it is like a you know a stimulating lactation thing because it's like when cats need, they tend to also drool and purr while they're doing it. Yeah, like it's clear that when they're doing it, they're like they're having a good time. Yes, yes. So next question is why do cats scratch furniture? Answer number one is that they do hate you, yeah. and it is a way of showing. Uh, <laughs> the their frustration. Oh, yeah. Actually, that is a little bit true because they can scratch out of frustration and boredom. So it can be a passive aggressive thing. Like, it's not that they hate you. It's that they hate your furniture choices. <laughs> it's that they think that you're not a very good designer. <laughs> well, the common belief is that it's to sharpen their claws, but there's not really evidence showing that this is true. The main reason seems to be a form of communication, a kind of cat business card, because they seem to select specific places, like a specific chair they love to scratch or a tree stump or a fence right. or your priceless ottoman you know it, it's so it's not like my ottoman <laughs> not my ottoman no, no my mittens. ottoman my priceless ottoman mittens, why yeah. so they have scent glands in their paws and so it's likely a form of communication either marking their territory or just kind of a a cat business card or like where or a cat tweet where you're like hey mittens was here and she's she's chilling <laughs> it's also an enriching thing. They love getting little things in their in their paws. So it can feel good, kind of be a tactile thing. It can also be done out of boredom or frustration when they don't have toys. So if you have a cat who scratches furniture, one of the best things you can do is give them a bunch of toys, especially scratchy things right. and things that make noise. So speaking of the playfulness, it kind of leads into this next uh, question, which is why do cats love boxes? Uh, I'm very excited to talk yes. about this. So you give a cat a box, it will immediately jump in. It's actually kind of funny how quickly they will. I was interacting with a cat over the holidays, and 
uh, the which you're, is a very, you were interacting. I was with a interacting cat. with a cat over the holidays. Uh, I just put it that way because it's not my cat, so it was someone else's you could cat. Still, you can still nuzzle on somebody else's. I cat. know, I know. I was, I was, I participated in an interaction with a cat over the also, holidays. Also, also, don't bog bog out these cat details. Tell me about this cat. <laughs> what, was, is, what did it look like? What a, was its name? It's a, cu it's a cute ginger cat named Loki. Oh, that's uh, a good name. And, Loki, <laughs> like uh, like Thor Loki. Yes. Oh, yes. Cool. And is it, it a real trickster? Yeah, he's a Aww. real stinker. Um, and so the I tipped over a, uh, a a gift bag, and the cat immediately went inside. Yay. And you could pick up the and he was so, he's kind of a, a wily cat, so he doesn't really like sitting in your lap. So I, but when you put him in this bag, he suddenly just loves being in the bag. You can carry him around, and he's just purring like crazy. Aww. So boxes or bags uh, provide well. Let me say a gift bag that has an open area where he can escape through. Don't put your cat in like a closed bag or yeah, or a trash bag for the love of God, right? But there are cats that like uh, like a friend of mine's cat loved climbing into grocery bags. Grocery bags are a big thing because they make noise and they have they they have the box like quality and yeah. they can escape from it. It has to have a clear escape path. Like they're not going to like something where it feels like they Yeah, they are don't want to put in like a duffel bag or exactly. something. Exactly. Uh, although my cat growing up so mittens uh loved to get in my suitcase every time I was going off to college like she would just like get in my suitcase and be like, "All right, we're ready to go." Did you ever surprise her by taking her to college with you? <laughs> she surprised me by hiding in my car and then I would drive somewhere and then I'd hear this Aww. and I'd be like well I gotta take Mittens back home that means she wanted to go to an, on an adventure <laughs> she wanted to go you. to high school with us yeah that's um, adorable <laughs> so was uh, it like an indoor outdoor cat yeah she was an indoor outdoor cat so oh, she that makes sense killed would... so many native birds probably it's oh yeah very yeah. bad <laughs> Wait, are we gonna talking about, are we gonna talk about that that later cats killing birds oh it's too depressing but they oh, do they uh, kill a lot of they kill a lot of uh birds uh, I think that there's something like 33 species of birds that are extinct only because yeah, of Yeah, and cats. like when cats get on a, like a remote island, they can just wipe out a bird population really quickly because the birds aren't used to a predator like a cat and then it, they just like pulverize the bird population. I mean, I think that that's something that I don't want to say I, I, I'm not, I don't love that cats commit bird genocide, but I... That's I, a good take. You don't love it, right? Yeah, I don't don't love don't love genocide. But, right. um, but I do think that there is something kind of adorable about like... The cats are so adorable that you kind of forget that they're like the perfect killing machine. It's the cutest mass extinction event in yeah, the world. Yeah. So back to boxes. The reason cats <laughs> love boxes this is, is delightful. that they boxes provide a feeling of security for the cat. So cats are ambush predators. Not not all cats, hashtag not all cats, but our domesticated cats are ambush predators. And they are also preyed upon by larger animals, um, at least like their ancestors were. So right. so the security of being in a little box, like being tucked in a little corner, it's great when you're an ambush predator because you're hidden. And it's great when you're hiding from from predators. So like it, it's like their favorite place. They both, they feel powerful. They feel secure. Well, it's, also, it's also safe because they can kind of monitor the only entrance and exit. Exactly. Like they're not going to get, they're not going to get ambushed. It's a fortress, yeah. right, that they can plot their next move. Uh, my other kitty growing up, Binky, loved it when I would build him a pillow fort and he'd get right in there. Oh, it was really cute. Do you have pictures of this? 
Oh, I probably do somewhere in an old photo album. I don't oh. have one right now. Oh. But so you'll have to just use your imagination. Good imagination station. Imagine okay. a very stinky cat. He smelled very <laughs> bad uh, hiding in a pillow fortress. Okay. Uh, if you're listening to this, um, if you want to do fan art of what you think Katie's cat <laughs> in a pillow fort looks like, he, that would make me I'll feel help, very nice. I'll help the fan artists out. He was a gray uh, striped cat with green eyes. Oh, cute little guy. Cute. Yeah. And he, he was um, very stinky and dumb. Was he uh, chonky, short for? No, he was He was weird. He was lanky. He was kind of oh. an awkwardly shaped cat. And so he was like an Adam Driver cat? Yeah. No, he was. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. Very, very much so. That's a very good description. So researchers have found that providing boxes to shelter cats significantly reduces their stress levels. And it makes them more interested in interacting with each other and with, uh, with humans. Uh, also, cats love to ball up in small spaces for warmth. So cats... One of the reason they like will go in your sink and seem to just go in little crannies and like curl up into these little little croissants is that their uh, thermoneutral zone and the thermoneutral zone is the temperature range where you don't have to produce extra body heat to make up for the heat loss to the environment. Uh, so their thermoneutral zone is about 86 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. In humans, it ranges from about 65 to 87 degrees Fahrenheit. So in other words, cats would love to turn up the thermostat if they could reach it. Um, this is where I learned that I'm a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like I, even during the summer, I'll like sit in my, I'll sit in my apartment like wrapped in a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a space heater and I once turned it on and put my feet up to it and like took a nap and I turned it on so hot it melted the varnish on the table that it was on. Were your feet okay? My feet were fine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't recommend doing that, but yeah, my feet were fine. So speaking of napping, why do cats nap all day? Real, real easy answer to this one is that, so cats aren't nocturnal. I know it seems like they're nocturnal because, you know, they're little creatures of the night, but they're actually crepuscular, meaning that they're most active during dawn and dusk. So any other time of the day, nap city. So that's why, you know, that's why they can't sometimes get the kitty jitters in the morning. They're really excited. Yeah, the devil They're, gets in them at like four in the morning right. or whatever. And then like, then they get the kitty jitters, the, or I like to call it the kitty jimmies uh, <laughs> at, 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 in the evening too. Hey, how long have you called it the kitty jimmies for? Oh, about five seconds. But <laughs> I call everything something like... Bl- you know, noun jimmies like like the Jimmy legs is when uh, oh, yeah, Jimmy legs Jimmy is legs like, is when yeah, you wiggle around yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um but like I just apply it to anything the kitty jimmies um, okay that tracks like sometimes my dog gets like the food jimmies where she really wants food and she's kind of like pacing around yeah when like you're eating a sandwich exactly and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the chicken jimmies is a big one because like she really wants chicken so she's getting uh, really antsy do you give her yeah. chicken as a treat. Oh, occasionally. I try not to give it to her like too much though, because it's right. not great. Right. But you know, but she does. She still gets the chicken jimmies. <laughs> so, all right. Next question. Uh, but uh, oh. about napping, something I think is really interesting about um, specifically lions is they sleep around eighteen hours a day, mm-hmm. um, just so they can be like extremely active yes. for their six hours per day. They they they're sleepy, cute kitties like most of the time, and then that like ten percent of the time they're just like murder machines. Yeah, it's like the way that I picture it is that they sleep they sleep eighteen hours a day. 
And then they open their eyes just ready to murder. <laughs> it's basically they're, they're open their eyes to the Terminator point of view. I like, do want to. That's the energy I want to bring to 2020. Like sleep as much as I can and then wake up and be ready to kill. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's good 2020 energy. <laughs> you could do that. You can get the killing jimmies. <laughs> uh, the murder jimmies. <laughs> so perhaps the biggest, the most popular question uh, about cats is how do cats mate? You horny perverts. <laughs> so. It was just the top of the... One of the top ones, yeah. Right. Unspayed female cats are called queens, which I love. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, cat queen. Yeah, yes, every Slay cat. Slay cat queen. Every Slay cat. all those native bird species, yeah, cat yes. queen. Every cat's yes. a cat queen to me. <laughs> Unneutered male cats are called toms or full toms, like is the also right. like the intact toms because they got their bowls. Huh. Uh, so females go into estrus several times a year. So estrus is when they're fertile, right. uh, ready to make some kittens. Toms will fight over the right to mate with queens who are in estrus. And when a female cat allows a male to mate with her, she exhibits lordosis behavior, which is where when they stick their butts in the air, like they just don't oh, care. Yeah. yeah. And so the male will bite the back of her neck, not to hurt her, but probably to prevent her from like spinning around and attacking him. It's also speculated it may have a soothing quality, like when you grab uh, a cat by the nape of the neck. It's like a mom grabbing. Right. Her, they yeah. have sort of a reflex to relax. Like with the kittens, when the mom grabs them, it kind of relaxes them. That's why at the vet, sometimes they grab the nape of the neck right. when they give them a shot. And so the male's penis is barbed, right. which is, a you know, I think that's a pretty popular uh, fact now. But the reason it's barbed is, first of all, to help clear out rival male sperm. And it also induces ovulation in the female cats by right. th through the, the tactile uh, sensation. Females yell as males in mating, sort of like this loud, kind of distressing sounding meow. Uh, some speculate it's because the penis barbs hurt and suck for the female. Yeah. Although um, some research suggests it's actually a defensive yowl to let the male know that she'll attack him if he tries any funny business because she's kind of vulnerable. So she's like, uh, she's like, you know, like Netflix chill, but like don't. Yeah, like, ne Netflix chill, but like, like don't steal my food. <laughs> and, and now like step the heck off. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> researchers have actually tested these theories and it's <laughs> insane. So, I love researchers. <laughs> researchers denervated female cats' vaginas, which... <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's when Weird. they cut off the nerves, which numbs the uh, vaginas, which is kind of horrifying. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. What the hell, researchers? Come on, guys. Like These are cats. Come on. Um, and then they found that this caused the cats to emit fewer, fewer mating yowls and did not ovulate as much in response to the, the you know, mating. So it's, yeah. uh, sure. Okay, great. Now we know that. <laughs> That's a weird... It's a you, weird study. You know that that was somebody's... Somebody's PhD thesis was that. Somebody had to write a grant convincing someone else to give them money to do that. Yeah. <laughs> what What's that person's problem? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I respect science. Sometimes science gets a little weird is all I can say. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the thing with like a lot of research studies and like you understand like, okay, like that's going to get us from point A to point B or right. point C or whatever. But then there are some studies where it's like. Do we need it? Is yeah, it like, necessary? Why, why did you get. <laughs> Why did you get a million dollars and like multiple TAs to do? What do you want? Like, why? Well, you know, now now we know, though. And I guess. Knowledge about cat vaginas is power is what I say. Yeah. 
I Next mean, question. I feel like the more val- <laughs> I feel like the more valuable thing to do would be to just teach cats to talk and then ask. Them. Ooh, yeah. I would. I would. Uh, I would uh, do a grant for that for cats to do like a cat vagina monologue. That would be really good. <laughs> uh, cat vagina monologue. That'd be <laughs> that'd be very fun. So next question is: Why are cats afraid of cucumbers? That was a big googled one. Um, Easy answer to this. Basically, they're startled by them because they think it's a snake. Yeah. And if you startle your cat with a cucumber, it's pretty mean. So don't do that. Yeah. I um, I run a cat Facebook group. And whenever anybody posts the cat cucumber videos, I'm always like, no. I know. Don't, it. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, it, no, it's, the don't cats scare don't like your it. cat. Yeah, yeah, they don't like, like it. It thinks it's a snake. They don't like it. It's a mean prank. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's kind of one of those. It's like one of those pranks where like you just scare someone. I, I think that's like those are really mean pranks. I hate it when people do that. Like I'm going to hide in a garbage can and then jump out at you like what's the cleverness of that you're just scaring someone well, yeah it's like if your prank is you surprise punch somebody in the face it's like that's why? assault yeah, yeah that's assault. <laughs> yeah you're just at this point you're just terrorizing right, somebody you're just, you're just bullying people and terrorizing them so don't yeah. so don't scare your cat with cucumbers please uh and then to like the the last one i want to talk about is cat taste so cats like people are like how do how do cats taste? Yeah. Which I'm sure means... They taste ha- deli- No, I'm not, <laughs> not going to joke about that. I will never eat a cat. I love cats. I'm sure they mean like, how do cats experience taste? Yeah, not do, they how have, do they have sweetness, right. sourness? Do they have, what, what do they have? Cats don't taste like humans. They don't... Their sweet taste buds don't bind to sugar molecules, so they can't taste sweetness. Weird. Um, they're actually all about the taste of amino acids. They, they can taste bitterness. Uh, I don't think they like bitterness, but they can't taste it. And they are, they're also sensitive to the temperature of their food. So uh, they prefer warm meals over cold meals because if you think about it, like a warm meal is probably more fresh, cold meal more likely right. to be going bad. So if you have a fussy eater cat who you just like – does not want to eat it's especially wet food if you warm that up in a microwave like that'll that'll do i mean make sure it's not like hot but you know warm it up so don't do it in the can don't do it in the can i don't think you can microwave a can like that but but yeah warm it up in a little dish in the microwave taste it to make sure it's you know the right temperature right, right, right. yeah like have a little get, bit of it have a little bit of it right right exactly uh and then would you is that like something that like would be confusing for you because you would microwave tuna and then like oh yeah basically you're telling me that when i was 10 years old i was a cat (laughs) right right well would you start kind of salivating if you started microwaving cat food would it bring you back to those times salivating then i would start just like kneading the microwave (laughs) like it was (laughs) bunting the microwave bunting the microwave disturbing <laughs> uh hey you eat bones <laughs> i i do love bones i love me some bones do you eat cold bones warm bones like oh what? it doesn't any bones just any bones there's not like a temperature thing nah. oh, i got it got it got if it. i can crunch it open i'll eat it <laughs> <laughs> you're such a carnivore <laughs> i know so crazy cat ladies let's dissect this whole thing i'll start off by acknowledging some of the most obvious problem with this trope the sexism and the stigmatization of mental illness there's the idea that a woman who owns multiple cats is making up for the fact that they're an old maid filling the man-shaped hole in her heart with cats which is on every level dumb heteronormative sexist and catist it also (laughs) assumes that there's some sort of connection between anxiety and cat ownership well 
I'm a nervous wreck and I own a dog. Explain that, people. As it turns out, surprise, surprise, there's absolutely no evidence to back up the crazy cat lady trope. A UCLA study surveyed students and found no connection between anxiety, depression, and whether they own cats, dogs, or no pets. So what about the gender part? Are women cat magnets never going a week without picking up a new cat? A global survey done by German market research institute JFK found that 22% of men surveyed owned a cat and 25% of women surveyed owned a cat, which is a pretty underwhelming difference. So where does the crazy cat lady trope come from then? Could it be from the 1976 documentary Grey Gardens, which features an eccentric, wealthy, aging woman whose house is filled with cats and raccoons? Does it trace back to the association between witches and cats? Or is it a covert operation by the dog lobby? When I we think re- it was the last part. <laughs> yes, definitely. When we return, we'll take a look at some of the wildest cats that you probably don't want to keep as pets, unless you're not all that attached to your eyeballs and hands. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Wildcats are found all over the world, but there are only 38 species of cats. They vary greatly in size, habitat, and behavior, and they all belong to the clade Felidae. 
Proaleurus is the oldest known genus of cats. These cats were lanky and not much bigger than a house cat, and were shaped more like civets. And if you're wondering what a civet is shaped like, well, it looks like a sort of mongoose cat. And if you're wondering what a mongoose looks like, well, a banana with legs and fur? <laughs> Anyways, I can't help you further than that. But what I can do is recite all 38 species of currently living wild cats in one breath. Here we go. I'm very excited about this. Lions, tigers, leopards, snow leopards, clouded leopards, jaguars, bay cats, servals, caracals, pampas cats, ocelots, bobcats, cheetahs, cougars, jaguarundis, fishing cats, sand cats, black-footed cats, Jeffreys cats, Andean mountain cats. No, okay, I ran out of juice. Oh. There's still more cats. You almost got it. <laughs> you were very was close. That so, was like a dozen cats. <laughs> I was almost there. So I want to talk about some of my favorite wild cats and the winners of some of our top cat awards in their category. <laughs> So the smallest cat in the world. This is my one of my favorite cats because it's so darn it's cute. It's like a sand. Not quite. It's, sand cats are small. Black-footed cats are small. But the smallest cat in the world is the rusty spotted cat. So the rusty spotted cat is found in deciduous forests in India, Sri Lanka, and Nepal. Uh, they are tan with brown spots and striations, and the adults look and sound like a kitten. Let me show you a video of these cats. They are extremely cute. Here's this little oh, guy. Oh, that's an adult, right? That is an adult. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think I've seen. Oh, it's like it's tinier than a leaf. Well, that's a pretty big leaf, to be fair. <laughs> Still a leaf that it's. But tiny. It, it is tiny, so it, it looks like a little kitten, and it is an adult cat. And oh. let me. Okay, actually, I'm going to play that meow because I think that is very cute. Oh. <laughs> oh, such a cute meow. So it weighs about two to three pounds, and its body is just over a foot long. Uh, they are reportedly very active and playful. They're great climbers. They hunt rodents, birds, and insects. And newborns, newborn kittens weigh two ounces. Oh. They are tiny. Is it a foot long from... Uh, tip of the head, tip of the tail? No, foot long minus the tail. And then it's a little, the tail's a few inches long, yeah. Oh, okay. Or actually, right. the tail's actually pretty long. It's, um, yeah, it's it's uh, disproportionately long to its body, but yeah. Got it. So with tail, it's 40 feet long. <laughs> 40 feet long with its tail. No, it's probably like a an extra like half foot or something, yeah. Um, I feel like, do you get this with cats where it's like, if you hear a cute cat meow, like it feels like your body just uncontrollably goes like, oh, like <laughs> yeah. I become, I become a, a, a seven year old. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because cat meows and mews are um, kind of similar to baby, baby yeah. cries. So I think they have uh, tapped into one of our own sort of instinctive responses to want to protect babies. And so right. when a cat, that's why cats are so meowy at us because it, they can get us to do it they want us to do yeah it's an evolutionary development where it's like the reason that we love cats is essentially that they uh make us think that they're babies <laughs> right exactly which, like i'm fine with it i'm fine i'm okay with it yeah so now on to the largest cat so the largest cat you can possibly get is actually uh something that uh humans kind of help out with making and uh it is an adult male liger which is a hybrid between a lion and a tigress and the largest one of these is uh, named hercules Aww. And he weighs over 900 pounds and is 10 feet tall when standing on his hind legs. He's a big boy. Um, I wish that 
that just like an alt pitch. I wish that the smallest cat in the world was named Hercules and the biggest <laughs> cat in the world was named Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ironic. Yeah, it'd be very cute. But so, aw, that sounds like a chunky cat. Yeah, so why do ligers get so big? Yeah, so a liger is bigger than a lion or a tiger? Exactly. Wow. Yes. He's a big the biggest cat you can basically create is a liger. Could um, you put like a saddle on one and ride it like a horse? You could briefly before you get killed. Right. But like the brief <laughs> moment would be sweet. it'd be a pretty good way to go as long as they got like a good instagram photo of it and the cat was like <laughs> not too mad so the reason ligers get so big is actually very interesting it has to do with the competition between male and female genes so sometimes male and female genes of a species will be at odds so lionesses may mate with multiple males there's often a dominant male in a pride and that dominant male can get changed out by competition a new male can come in and mate. Sometimes more than one male in a pride can mate at once. And male genes favor offspring who grow bigger, faster, so that they can dominate resources from other offspring that right. may not share their genes. Females, however, want all of their offspring to succeed for obvious reasons, because they're related to all of their offspring. Right. And so they don't want one of their kittens to grow really big, really fast and outcompete all her other kittens. So their genes actually counteract the male growth genes so that she can spread out her resources more evenly amongst her offspring. So she, so that's sort of a arms race with the genes of the female cats and the male cats. Tigers actually don't have to compete in this way because tigers remain monogamous during each breeding season. They, they do have multiple partners over their lifespan, right. but they remain monogamous over a period of time. So that means that the male tigers don't really need their offspring to grow competitively because they'll be related to all of them per per batch and per, per mating season. And so females don't need any defensive genes to stop these right. fat babies from happening. So when a male lion mates with a female tiger, creating a liger, the male turbo growth genes aren't met with any defensive genes from oh, the females. So it just grows as big as it wants to. And that's how you get that big old Hercules cat. Isn't there a deal? I could be completely wrong here, but like ligers can't mate with each other. That's correct. It's like, so it's, so not, it's not a true species. They're or sterile. Yeah. That's right. So, so it's the same thing with mules, the cross between yeah, donkeys right. and horses. And in fact, most of these hybrid species are sterile because of... The way that um, the, so the way that the genes work is that you know you'll have uh, with with this within the same species you'll have the same number of, of genes and they'll match up basically evenly you know one to one right. amino acid to amino acid whereas like when you have two different species they may have different numbers of, of of sex genes so like when they're matching them up there'll be a mismatch which so because the the chromosomes of their parents. Of a, of a hybrid animal like a liger's uh, don't really match up. They can't produce sex cells and like sperm or eggs. So they can exist. They can be, you can have that mismatch and create a baby, but that baby then can't make uh, right. sex cells. And this is because there's a difference between mitosis, which is the process of a developing fetus, and meiosis, which is the formation of sex cells. So in mitosis, you get one set of chromosomes from your parents' sex cells, and they're duplicated and split up. So you have two new cell copies that are exactly the same. But in meiosis, you're creating sex cells by jumbling up your DNA into non-exact copies. Right. So when in my mitosis, if you have two sets of chromosomes, 
chromosomes that aren't from the same species and they don't exactly match up, it's not necessarily a death sentence. Like you can still, you know, they're basically duplicated exactly as you're growing as a fetus. But when you make sex cells in meiosis, you're, you have to recombine it because we're not a clonal species. You don't have a baby right. that is your clone. So, But in that recombination, if you don't have the n- same number of chromosomes from your parents, it gets all messed up. Right. And so you get this mismatch. It's like trying to zip a sweater like halfway up. It doesn't work. I guess in that case, it would be like zipping a sweater to another sweater. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. A different length sweater. Where it's like, if you zip, yeah, yeah. Like where it's like, oh, I guess that those are stuck together. And right. You, I guess made a new article of clothing, <laughs> but like, what? I mean, not, you can, it's yeah. It's, it's not like, an effective sweater. Right, right. And then you like, and then you chop up those sweaters and try to mix them up and stitch them together and it just does not work. Yeah. And it's like, well, congrats. You ruined two sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... <clears throat> The award for the most flat-headed cat is, drumroll, the flat-headed cat. <laughs> Wait, is that the name of the cat? <laughs> yes, that's the name of the cat. It's a small wild cat found in Borneo, Sumatra, and the Thai Malay Peninsula in wetlands, and it is endangered. Uh, the wild population is only a couple thousand, which is very sad because I love this doofy little cat. I got to show you a picture I, of him. Yeah, just Google it. It's the That's the cutest cat ever. It's we- got... Got a, a head you can serve drinks on. It's got a flat head. Look, scientists spend less time and less grant money trying to figure out how cat vaginas work and more money getting me more flat-headed cat. <laughs> <laughs> so they're rust-colored with a white underbelly. It's a couple feet long with a five-inch tail and weighs three to five pounds. So they're, they're a pretty small cat. Um, they're a bit smaller than a domesticated cat who weighs from seven to nine pounds. It's called a flat-headed cat on account of its big old yeah, flat it's head. it's a little flat head. <laughs> it's adapted to a wetland environment. So its skull shape and jaw shape is ideal for catching fish. Its teeth are hooked like little fish hooks and its eyes are forward facing and close together giving it good depth perception. It has prominent foot webbing that allows it to navigate muddy and aquatic environments. And it's just a real doofy looking kitty that deserves our love and protection. Yeah, it's got big eyes, so it always looks surprised. Always looks surprised. It always looks like, like, are you guys talking about me? (laughs) It's got doofy little duck feet and a flat head. What's not to love? Yeah. Next cat, Canada's lynx, the biggest leg warmers of all cats. I guess I kind of gave that one away. But yeah, the winner of the biggest leg warmers is the Canada lynx. Oh, it looks very cute. Yeah, so native to Canada and Alaska and sometimes found in the Rocky Mountains in the U.S., uh, it lives in boreal forests, which are often quite cold with a lot of snow. It's just a bit bigger than a bobcat, and it's way floofier. So it's adapted really well for cold environments with a real thick fur coat, and it has these huge chunky paws and that act as insulated snowshoes on the snow. Um, it reminds me of, um, if you remember, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures, how there'd be like Arctic action, like mm. Donatello and stuff like this. This just feels like an Arctic action cat where it's like, right, it like looks they like... shove those big old Ugg, military Ugg boots. Yeah, yeah. Here's a here's one with like the biggest oh, paws I've ever seen on a adorable. cat. It's just these big old like Muppety paws. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they look 
They're probably deadly, but like also like, oh, you just want to snuggle. You just want to snuggle that kitty. It'll scratch your face off, but you want to snuggle it. (laughs) My last words will be worth it. (laughs) Uh, My last words will be, who you go kitty? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Muppets, uh, the most Muppetiest cat is the palace's cat. So here's a picture of this guy. Oh, that... That cat looks like it should be voiced by the guy that voiced Yoda. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it should be in a Star Wars. Like, it, yeah. it, it looks like a Star Wars cat. Like, it looks like a Wookiee. Like, it looks like a Wookiee. No, it looks like a a Wookiee and a Yoda had a baby. Oh, a how y- romantic. A Yuki. <laughs> that's the, I feel like that's a the. A Woda. That's the real baby Yoda that I want. <laughs> the baby Woda. The, a Woda. The, yeah, Woda. The, yeah, I, yeah. I've got some fan fictions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? I mean, I guarantee that there is a, there's Yoda chewbacca slash fiction out there like whatever like it's gotta be and yoda's gonna be ripped under those those jedi robes oh yeah you know there's gonna be a moment where like chewbacca is gonna touch yoda's robe and then feel (laughs) his muscles and be like oh (laughs) 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 um so the palace's cat is found in central asia in montane grasslands at high elevations up to sixteen thousand feet uh it's about the size of a pet cat it has real fluffy fur that is grayish brown its legs are proportionally shorter than most cats, which Aww. gives it a doofier-looking appearance. It's got tiny ears and round pupils, unlike the slitted pupils, which makes it look pretty cute and silly. They feed on gerbils, voles, and young marmots. So if you're wondering why the round pupils, some cats have round pupils, like big cats like lions and tigers, and smaller cats tend to have... Uh, slitted pupils and it's so it's unusual for this palace's cat to have the round pupils because usually the smaller ones have the the eye slits so researchers have found that ambush predator cats tend to have slitted pupils uh so that makes sense for the smaller cats that rely on ambush predation. that makes sense because i'm sure like most of their hunting is like at night right. and like and crepuscular right they need to be able to see during the day so they can't be blinded by the light but they need to be able to have these big pupil so they can lit light in during the night so that slitted pupil really works well for them. Right. Whereas for big cats, they're active foragers and they, they do ambush to some extent, but they also chase down prey over long distances. And they so like having that that big round pupil is is pretty important. I feel like the reason this cat has big round pupils is marketability. Marketability. It's just like, oh like it's so people are like, this should be a stuffed animal. I will save this cat. I will feed this cat everything. <laughs> Well, yeah, I can't really find a definitive answer, but I do have a guess, which is that it may have something to do with its high altitude montane environment. Um, So they do stalk and ambush prey. We do know that. But I wonder if the harshness of the high altitudes means they have to chase prey over greater distances and they have to be able to spot them against this kind of rocky environment and be able to to give greater chase. That makes sense. Um, And, you know, maybe... Maybe it's just a guess. It could be. It also could be the the quality of the light in these montane regions. Maybe like the the days are are shorter, and it's it's. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not really not really sure. I, I'd I'd really love to hear from some eye expert on this one on their theory of why does the the palace's cat, first of all why does the palace's cat look like why a does it muppet? Look like a muppet? Yeah, and also why has it got them round pupils? Um, if you're a scientist, uh, if you're listening to this, please tweet at us to let us know. 
Also, if you're an artist and you're listening to this, please uh, do a drawing of uh, Yoda romancing Chewbacca and send it and to us. And having a baby palace's cat. Yes. yes please. <laughs> please send us that. Please. <laughs> Got some homework for a fan artist. Yeah, yeah. Can you really tame a wild cat? As we've discussed earlier, our house cats aren't much different from their wild ancestors, as their claw marks and bloodthirsty antics may demonstrate. So can you tame a lion and keep it as a big old house cat? Well, no. You can certainly train a lion and other big cats to tolerate or even enjoy your presence. You may make friends with them just as easily as you make friends with mittens, your little tabby cat. But the difference between mittens and a lion is just their sheer ability to kill you. If mittens <laughs> is pissed off at you, she could give you a nasty slash on the hand, whereas a lion with a bite force of 650 PSI with teeth the size of plantains could just destroy you. If Mittens was lion-sized, she may, on a whim, eviscerate you. In this podcaster's opinion, wild cats make bad pets for those of us who enjoy being intact, and more importantly, most humans aren't equipped to give wild cats a good quality of life. Unfortunately, that doesn't stop people from trying. There are over 10,000 wildcats being kept as pets or kept in captivity outside of zoos in the U.S. There's no federal law regulating wildcat ownership, so in many states, it's legal. Many of these cats are abandoned once their whole huge wild animal antics get too much for their owners to handle, and they can end up in crowded sanctuaries. In other words, if you want the experience of owning a tiger, a house cat is just as likely to go around murdering prey and trying to maul you, but in a much smaller, more ethical package. This leads me to my next theory. The recent movie Cats is our attempt to finally dominate and humiliate cats by turning them into shambling humanoid abominations. When when we return, we'll discuss this movie and try to answer the profound question the Cats movie provokes. Why? <laughs> Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Anthropomorphism didn't start with Disney or furries. Throughout human history, we've been fascinated by giving humans animalistic traits or vice versa. The Lohenmensch figurine, found in Germany, is a 32,000-year-old ivory sculpture that is shaped like a human with a lioness's head. Bastet and Sekhmet were ancient Egyptian goddesses with women's bodies and the heads of a cat and a lioness. So carrying on this ancient tradition is the feature-length movie Cats, which I watched in its entirety completely sober. And I'm not exactly sure where we went wrong, whether it was <laughs> 32,000 years ago with the Lohenmensch figurine or maybe further back in our cultural history, but the Cats movie is perhaps the last piece of art that humans should ever be allowed to make ever again. I think it's the last piece of art that we need to make. <laughs> we've we've, we've done it. Yeah, I, I. so the Cats movie, whatever you say about it, I think it cements itself as art just because it's a lightning rod in the cultural zeitgeist. Like it is, it's a thing. That, that's something that I, I oftentimes think about this is just like, you know, a comedian, comedy writer, a guy who makes stuff, whatever, is like the purpose of entertainment is to give people basically shared experiences to bring them closer together, right? Right. They never said that experience had to be a good one. Yeah, but Nobody I Nobody ever said it had to be a good experience. But I don't think that the Cats movie was a bad experience. Like for me, I've seen it twice. Uh the first time that I the first time I saw it at like 1 p.m. on like a Sunday opening weekend and I saw it with like two people that are in the Cat Facebook group that I run. And like there were maybe 10 other people in the theater and within five minutes, everybody in the theater was just openly shouting at the screen. <laughs> and it's like afterwards, like every person in the theater, like I, we all just like gave each other high fives. Yeah. And it was like, oh, like this brought even just the random people in this theater together for it. And I um, on uh, New Year's Day, I I really wanted to see cats with a crowded theater of people that were going to get it. So I basically found um, a screening of cats in Burbank that had zero tickets sold. And I just posted in my cat Facebook group and on Twitter. Like, I know I was invited. Yeah. I, I couldn't come, unfortunately. It was across the country, but I really wanted to go. Yeah, I was basically like, let's sell at this theater and have just like a really rowdy cat screening. <laughs> and uh, we sold it out within four hours. I bought 48 pairs of cat ears that I gave to just everybody <laughs> that came into the theater. Oh, that's and, excellent. And um, it was just like a... Probably the most fun I've ever had watching a movie was like just screaming at the screen with all these people, <laughs> singing along to Magical Mr. Mistopheles with strangers. That sounds uh, lovely. Yeah. My cat's experience was a bit different. Um, I was extremely sick, so I couldn't make it out to the theater. I got a bootleg copy of Cats. And, <laughs> got uh, you. Cat burgled a copy. <laughs> cat burgled a copy. Um, and I watched it with my boyfriend, 
uh, high on cough medicine, and we just kind of in stony silence watched this thing, sometimes looking at each other in a gassed horror <laughs> as I, you know, sipped on my Tussin. But uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, it was no, no. It, it was fun. It, I mean, we were we were talking the whole time about it because it was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable how this got made. Yeah, it's uh, like it's something that I've talked about to a lot of friends in that it's I mean, like the 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 Broadway production doesn't really make a ton of sense storyline wise. It's basically no, just cats introducing it's themselves. The, for it's three the hours. spectacle. It's the spectacle. Yeah. It's a cat going like, I'm Mr. Fibbly Banks and I'm the banker cat. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Oh, very good cat character Thank pitch. You. Mr. Fibbly Banks the banker cat. Um I'm Pippity Plop, the podcast cat. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, I'm, it's I'm that for... Kibbledy Katie, the this the cat who's got a cold. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, it's basically what we've done is essentially the cat's movie. Right, right. Um, it's that for several hours. Right. Um, and like they 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 stitch together like kind of an air like a little bit of a narrative of um, like there's uh, the cats that want to belong. There's a cat that like wants to learn how to do magic and blah blah blah. blah. And like it's uh, it's kind of nonsensical in terms of plot but the spectacle of it is it's as um it's as entertaining as it is insane and it is very insane yes so to kind of i think the most powerful kind of representation of what this cats movie is is looking at reviewers who have had to write up a full review of cats and um there's this great esquire article called pinpointing the exact moment cats reviewers lost their minds (laughs) um so here are some of my favorite quotes from these reviewers so this one is from casper salmon which i'm sorry actually sounds like a name from cats like casper Casper salmon Salmon. the sandwich cat (laughs) it's a great name not making fun of the name it's an excellent name but so uh writes for prospect quote, why do some of the cats wear shoes? Why are they sometimes as big as a human and sometimes as big as a shopping bag? Why do some walk and some crawl? Why do they have necks but no anuses? And that's a that's a very good question, Casper. Well, yeah, why do they have why do they have butt cheeks but no anuses? Yeah, that's a that's a big that's my thing is like I, you know, like if they had gone either give them all suspenders like they gave one of the cats those very form-fitting suspenders, leaving nothing to the yeah, imagination. Skimbleshanks, so we discussed Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks the, um, the railway cat. <laughs> or, or just give them buttholes. Have the courage to give them butts. Yeah, I guess that it just it feels like uh, my friend Haley Mancini. The way that she described it is, it's like the way that the cats look isn't in the uncanny. It's so deep in the uncanny valley that it's uncanny canyon, <laughs> and it's like it, it is just like. It's in, it's insane. Like there are cats it's that will the have uncanny Mariana Trench. Yes, exactly. Like there are cats that will have full conversations on two legs, sing songs on two legs, and then they'll like drop to all fours and crawl away <laughs> to exit the scene. Here's a review from Allison Wilmore of the Vulture. Quote: Are the coats that some of the cats like McCavity, Idris Elba, and Old Deuteronomy Dinch were actually made from the skin of other cats? And if so, does this mean that Ginny Any Dots, who at one point unzips herself out of a full body fursuit unzips is a kind of twice. buffalo bill in silence of the lambs type she unzips herself twi- like She's literally got twice multiple, la- and multiple layers of 
skin and fur. Form-fitting skin. I mean, I really think that I am I was kind of really frustrated at the movie of how, like, kind of rude the movie was to Rebel Wilson. I thought it was pretty disrespectful right. of her, the way they made her kind of fall around and stumble over herself all the time. But, yeah, the unzipping, she's, she's in a skin-tight, you know, like, CGI fur. Then she unzips that fur. And then is wearing like a showgirl dress under that. Right. But then there's more for under that. It's sort of like an, it, it's a Looney Tunes move, right? It's like a Looney right. Tunes move, but it doesn't work on human people in a CGI when, thing. Well, the, the Jenny Any Dots scene, there's a moment in the scene where Jenny Any Dots uh, reveals that she's enslaved mice to sing and dance and the mice have the faces of human children they are played by human child actors um there she reveals later in that scene that she has an entire platoon of cockroaches also are, humanoid are Every, this is what's so crazy who about she, this who movie she eats she the cockroaches eats while they sporadically scream. while they're screaming and dancing and doing a show tunes thing but this is what's crazy about this universe every living creature is humanoid right like like an earthworm is going to be a gooey, long human. Which sounds uh, horrifying. Horif- like like birds are going to be humans. Uh, like a turtle is just going to be like a turtle head pokes out. It's a human face. There's also just weird logic stuff of like uh, McCavity, who's the he's essentially the cat devil. Um, there are wanted posters on the side of buildings for McCavity, which opens the question of like, are there jellical police? Like why? Like, right. Like are cats... What like what what use do cats have for money? Like I don't know. They're also like er, like every I'm time... the cavity search the police cat. Yeah, it's like the, <laughs> and then it's like who funds the police cats? <laughs> it's like it's the it's the sort of movie where it's like a it's like Cthulhu where it's like the more that you look at it, the more insane right. you go. <laughs> Jin Yamamoto of the L.A. Times tweets. Quote, me watching Cats movie. Why human faces and human hands? Why so small? What is Judy Dench's fur coat made of? How do they poop? How did I get here? Why so boring? Who is responsible for this? What hath Cat Maddie wrought? There, there are also moments in it where, like, Judy Dench and uh, Ian McClellan is in it as old Gus. They, like, give it their all. That's the thing is everybody in this movie Everyone really... Everyone works so hard in this movie, which is what... Maybe that's part of why it's so embarrassing, too. Like, Ian McClellan went, goes full method where he, like, will interrupt scenes to nuzzle on things. Yes. Um, he Like, there's definitely a, a shot where, like... I think like, he did nail the catness the best. Yeah. Like, he did get the, adi- the cat attitude. Maybe that's what, like, 50 years of Shakespearean acting gets yeah. you the ability to act like a cat. Like, if you want to see Ian McClellan, like, lap milk out of a saucer, <laughs> then, oh, boy, this is the movie for you. And, like, Judy Dench, she, like, yeah. she also, like, does she, a, she sold it as yeah, well, yeah. She does a really good job as old Deuteronomy. Uh, but there are moments where she'll, like, she'll be, like, talking in a scene, and then she'll lift her leg over her head casually, uh, they also like they patched the movie where there's um, the the first version of the movie that was released because um, the movie was the director finished editing the movie the morning it came out <laughs> into theaters and um, th- but they like messed up a lot of visual effects where, right like, there you can see multiple times James uh, Dame Judy Dench's human, human hand, hand wearing with a her wedding, wedding ring, ring yeah um, there's a point where um, like uh, what's his name uh, hosts a late night show uh, James Corden uh, uh, James Corden where he jumps through Bustopher Jones. Jones jumps through a cat door and just disappears <laughs> um, I haven't seen this but I've heard that there's a moment where you can see an actor just like completely without CG in their mocap suit in the background oh, of a gosh. shot 
I didn't um, notice that. Yeah, yeah. But I just, was I was on a lot of cough medicine. Right, right. <laughs> There's just like so much stuff in this movie that's like it's like everybody, but like everybody gives it their all, and like all of, like all of the stuff that I'm describing. Like it's if you like Rocky, Rocky Horror Picture Show, if you liked The Room, if you like just like crazy midnight screenings of movies, then like you will love Cats because there's so much insanity to it. It's it is kind of escapism because it's so bizarre. It kind of made me forget myself for a while because oh, yeah. I was so lost in how bizarre it was. Yeah, and like uh and like the the songs are great. Like everybody's everybody's musical performances are so good. Like there are things like the Skimbleshanks, the dancing the the railway cat dance number where it's like clear that guy's a world-class he cat tap, tap dancer. dances the hell out of that dance yeah and it's tight i cannot get over how tight those overalls are sorry oh uh, this brings me to this other review that nigel andrews of financial times writes worryingly erotic <laughs> yeah that's the other thing is like these cats frank like i mean it is they there's a scene where dame judy dench is like the head of cats is in with with all her cats in the theater and they're just it's like they're rubbing up against each other and flipping around and um, and thrusting the and the theater that I was in whenever cats would get close to nuzzling each other everybody in the theater would chant nuzzle nuzzle oh, nuzzle and it happened a lot my response was much different it was going like no god <laughs> please no there's also a point where Jason Trulo makes a makes a joke about eating Rebel Wilson's butt uh and then what yeah yeah, yeah. it's like right when he comes in uh he was um I think it was Rum Tum Tugger I think um, it's at the end of Rebel Wilson's thing, right before it gets into his like funk number. Wait, he jokes about eating your butt? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he says it's something about like I'm excited to eat your behind or whatever. What? Uh, and then there's and then he <laughs> how ends did he miss the, that? Then he ends the song uh, about like almost sucking on like Ver- Ver- Victoria or Veronica or whatever's toes. Right. Oh, that was weird. That yeah, was yeah, just yeah. super weird. Yeah, it's just like this is the movies and everybody. F- <laughs> I hope I pronounced this name right. Devin Kogan uh, wrote an article for Entertainment Weekly titled, I took my dad, a veterinarian, to see cats. He has some thoughts. Oh, I read this article. It was delightful. This is a great, I highly recommend this article, but I, I just, I love it. Uh, and so she asks her dad, like, what's the uh, most bizarre aspect of the movie? And and her dad, the veterinarian, says that the, the, the faces are the worst. And I, I agree. Uh, cat faces, uh, he says, cat faces can be expressive, but they're extremely subtle. Um, seeing all these cats make all these exaggerated faces was kind of horrifying. Yeah. Well, I think that like what they, I think that they needed to make a choice between are these like, like in the Broadway play where it's essentially people wearing leotards or are these just straight up CG cats? Right. And it's like, because it's this weird human cat hybrid that looks like an an island of Dr. Moreau nightmare, like it just gets into this area where whenever you see a cat, you're not like, ah, you're like, ugh. Like yeah. it's like a visceral response. Yeah, and the thing is, like with the the long with the long tails too. Like h- humans with yeah. long tails doesn't read to me as cats. It's almost like the in the way they walked. It almost well, like long read as, tails, like, lean... but also like clear like gluteal muscles. Right, right. Well, it kind of it almost like gave me like huge lemur kind of thing. Yeah. Like they looked like like huge lemurs, which is unsettling. It's there, like, there is a moment where there is a coordinated tail dance. Oh, that's right. And they're all their tails twitch in unison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> made me that that I think that was the moment I lost my mind because that was just like it made me want to like un 
watch that part. Oh, I lost my mind uh, literally frame one when there's a cat face in the moon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my God. And then just the most like dissonant music. It's uh, it's it's a ride. It's a real ride. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like, like, honestly, like, see the movie. Right. There's this scene where Taylor Swift gets all these cats high with with catnip she's got a she's got a bedazzled canister of catnip that she pours on yeah. them and, and they the catnip all... has catnip written on it and bedazzle right. and she rides into this scene on the dreamworks logo <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to talk about catnip so the catnip is a member of the mint family and catnip affects adult cats and not kittens um, and the reason is that it is actually acting as an artificial cat pheromone so the the nepotalactone oil in catnip acts as like an as basically an artificial cat pheromone. Yeah. And so when cats are super strung out on on catnip, they're also kind of horny. So that's right. like one of the accurate things in the movie is like when she like you know gets them all high on catnip and they're all. I mean, to be fair, they are perpetually horny throughout oh, the yeah, whole yeah. They, movie. It's not yeah, like, that big of a difference. Like pre catnip, but... they still want to. F- <laughs> Post catnip, they just look drugged while they're yes, doing Yes, yes, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, would you do anything to fix this musical or do you think it's perfect the way it is? Well, well one moment one before I get into uh, talking about that. There's a moment at the end of the movie where Judy Dench looks at the camera and addresses you. She breaks the fourth <laughs> she wall. She breaks the fourth ball while for three minutes to tell you what you should have learned from the movie Item one being that cats are not dogs. No, that's like that is like the the p- ultimate lesson. Like that that's the profound thing. Yeah, like, like and that's most that's what I was supposed to and learn. Most from this. importantly of all, like, a, cat a cat is not a dog. dog. I was the theater that I was in screamed was this shook. along with her, <laughs> and you're like, I I mean, I like. But the thing is, the movie's so insane leading up to that that when she says that, you're like, are they? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like this movie, cats is dogs, ups is down. Yeah, it's like I don't know what's happening. Taylor Swift has a disturbing scene where she walks around in high heels and yeah, as a cat. Why does uh, she have high heels? Also, there's like breakdancing cats wearing Tims. (laughs) Like it's just uh, like, um, I mean, personally. I'm going to say this is a perfect movie. Personally, I would, it's I would, a perfect movie. I would change <laughs> nothing about it. This was the most fun that I've ever had watching a movie. I'd give them by all. By far. I'd give them all b-holes. Like, this was better than Star Wars. <laughs> I want to see, I would want to see a cat in the Cats movie, like, uh, cough up a hairball. That would uh, a cat does, uh, I, th- I believe Buster Jones does on the oh. barge scene at the end. Oh, I so, see. So, like, look, they thought of everything I in this see. movie. I see. They did. They did. Uh, it would have been really fun to watch Ian McClellan use a litter box. Would have been fun to see that. Uh, yeah, that's something we could all wanted. Could have used that. I mean, like, all these are ideas that they could include in a Cats 2. Right. Cats 2. Ooh, Cats 2, the squeakle. But it's like Cats 2. The thing is, is the format of the movie is so easily refillable because it's just the next Jellicle Ball, which the Jellicle Ball, they're all Jellicle cats. They don't ever really explain what a Jellicle cat is. Still don't Jellicle know what it is. Jellicle cat um, um, is a cat who does not have a beehole, right? Yeah, it's a cat that yeah. doesn't have a beehole. Yeah, doesn't, um, doesn't have why, nipples. A lot perfect. of people have said that they should have cat noses, that the worst part is that their noses are human noses. But I they think, have whiskers. I think the worst part is everything about their bodies, like the toes, the fingers, yeah. with human fingernails. Yeah, it's like even like I'm, I'm upset 
that the director made those changes to graphical errors. <laughs> to me, that that is my Han shot first. That is my George Lucas tweaking, tweaking the trilogies. What a lot! Just hum- just give them human feet and hands, like no fur on them. Just like I mean, I think make it more horrifying. I, I think, think I think buttholes that we see a lot. Of. I think lean into the horror of it. Is yeah, the yeah, answer. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a real trip, Joey, <laughs> I gotta say. I, I think uh, as soon as I saw the trailer for the Cats musical, I knew I had to have you on, and I knew I had to do this episode. And yeah, this was set up months ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, thanks for having me. This was super fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, you got anything Anything to plug? Anything to plug? Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Joey Tainman. Follow me on Instagram at Joey Clift with like five eyes. The reason it's five eyes is that uh, like a 12-year-old took regular Joey Clift and that's now I just got to settle with the one I got. And um, other than that, uh, let's see, I got a short film that um, was uh, posted online recently. You can find it on my Twitter account. It's called Telling People You're Native American When You're Not Native is a lot like telling a bear you're a bear when you're not a bear. The name is 24 words long. <laughs> uh, and then other than that, I don't know. Yeah, follow me on the socials and uh, I don't know, just like see the Cats movie. I'm here to promote the Cats movie. <laughs> I have nothing to do with it, but I think you should watch it. You can find uh, the podcast online, Creature Feature Pod on Instagram, Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That'll be something very different. <laughs> I am Katie Golden. You can find me on Twitter at Katie Golden and also at Pro Bird Rights, where I'm actually, you know, I kind of want to make a birds musical. Uh, Pro Bird Rights. I got to say, that's like such a funny Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think... So I'm going to do a Birds musical and have, like, Mr. Cheap Cheap McBeep Beeps. Yeah, that's a good name. And, uh, you know, uh, Old Goosey Quacker Bottoms. Old Goosey Quacker Bottoms. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like uh, like Skimble Feathers, the, the airplane cat or airplane plane bird Ch- or something. Chickadee Cheap Cheap, the Beep Beep, McCheap Cheap Beep. All this makes more sense than the Cats movie. Uh Thanks to the Space Cossacks for their meowgnificent song, Exolumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, 
Whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.